the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. All the markets did relatively well yesterday. Yesterday was step one in a three-step process this week with dealing with big boy news. And we had our big boy pants on, if you know what I'm saying. We didn't exactly pee ourselves yesterday with the Federal Reserve's basically saying, yep, we're, we're doing what you think we're doing. We're tapering. NASDAQ was up 1%. I think there it felt like there was a bias towards big tech. Not a big one, but yet it felt like maybe Amazon put in a bottom for the year. Inflation wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. While the major indices hit records, the S&P 500 gets special mention because it closed at an all-time high for the 62nd time this year. It just needs 18 more to break the record of 1995 which was up, 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 up. And it's interesting to note that's the year I kind of started the business. Zillow, um, more like Zillow, or Zylo is maybe the better way of saying it, plunged the day after the company said it was ditching the much-hyped house-flipping business. When I got into the business back in the mid-90s, house flipping was a thing. You saw, and I hate saying this, short people, midgets, dwarves. What is the politically correct term there? I think I've probably missed one of them and hit one of them. You'd see them pitching infomercials. Now, infomercials, I don't know, do the kids get infomercials with YouTube today? Probably not, but you know what it is. Um, you should buy this house. You can buy this house and sell this house. I guarantee it. You'll make more money in one year than you made in a year at your job. You'll want to quit your job. It's, it's kind of got the grindy voice person. Democrats added four weeks of paid family leave and medical leave back to their $1.85 trillion domestic spending bill that the House could vote on as early as today. In a landmark moment, yesterday, the Federal Reserve said that it would begin unwinding or reducing is the way that makes the most sense of saying it. It's asset purchases by 15 billion a month beginning later in November. So COVID-19 hit and in March of 2020, we lost a lot of jobs and a lot of panic started hitting the markets. And that's when the Fed said, hey, we'll buy debt. Now they're backing off that, which is a sign that we're coming out in theory. 
of the need, maybe not out of that pandemic, but out of the need to help out the stock market and to help out the job market. As the economy regained its footing, another menace has emerged. Dun, dun, dun. It's not the Delta variant. It's inflation. A medley of factors, including supply chain, bottlenecks, and roaring consumer demand for goods. Um, it's driven higher demand, less supply. It's driven the Fed or anyone shopping to say, whoa, we're out there. And this is like, it's more interesting. I bought a home and like couches take six months to get to you now instead of three months. In September, we saw consumer prices jump 4.4%. Gas prices are up 3.40 a gallon in the United States versus 2.14 a year ago. 2.14 to $3.40. So more than a dollar up, so you can do the math, it's more than 50%. That's inflationary. Everyone's concerned that higher inflation could become its own drag on the economy. The best way to stop and uh, to fight inflation it's inflate prices. At some point in time, we're like, honey, instead of turning on the heat tonight, let's let's put on blankets. And uh, blankets aren't enough tonight, honey. Let's put on sweaters and blankets. Um, it's really cold, and we should really turn on the heat. Uh, we don't have the money for that, so let's put on sweaters and blankets and make love. Like, anything to keep warm will fight inflation. The Great Unwinding isn't only in the United States. The great unwinding of the uh, labor market, Canada and Australia are already beginning to roll back pandemic stimulus. But they too have that problem of labor supply is tight. People don't want to go back to work. And then you get gasoline prices are high. So you got a little wage inflation for needed uh, empl uh, employers for employees, a little labor inflation, but also a little energy inflation. The Bank of England could become the first major central bank to raise interest rates following the recession. That's going to be interesting. Again, it creates a headwind, less accommodative monetary policy, more stand on your own economy um, and uh, the financiers, the banks, we won't artificially lower rates to, to help stimulate demand. So it will not surprise me. I'm not making a bold prediction here. I'm making a mild prediction here. It will not surprise me if in a year from now we've hit peak real estate prices for five years. The supply is still very, very low. But as interest rates start to march up, even if it's 50 basis points, that's one half of 1%. That's not a lot. It's just a little bit. It makes affordability just a little less. When we're at mortgage rates for a 30-year mortgage at 4.5%, right now we're at 3.25%. When we're there, I would almost, almost be willing to bet a dollar not a big bet, but a small bet that real estate prices will be weaker. Environmental nonprofits have hit members for climate hypocrisy. 
saying that donning a cape doesn't make you a superhero. For instance, global banks have poured $4 trillion into gas, oil, and coal projects since 2015 Paris Accord. So the whole G20, we're going to improve the economy. No, no, no. We're going to improve the environment. We're going to focus on that because it's important to our economies. Um, it doesn't really seem to have a lot of stick to it, does it? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Kroger is taking on Publix. Publix is a big shot. Again, if you don't go east of the Rocky Mountains, and this is a California-based show, but I'm doing the show on a podcast, so it's really nationwide. But Kroger is taking on Publix in Florida without opening a single grocery store with delivery. Interesting. Think about that for a second. Kroger is a traditional grocery store. Publix is a traditional grocery store. Kroger is a very much so an East Coast thing. And Publix is as well. Um, as well as some exposure into Europe. But can you imagine? We're now getting grocery stores, virtual grocery stores, because they can do delivery from a warehouse. That's Interesting. Ford's going to repurchase up to $5 billion in junk bonds as it restructures its balance sheet. Interesting times. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you ever want to talk about, drop me a topic, an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Dot com. Um, I get a lot of questions. Some of them are more about debt, which is surprising. Some of them are more about what should I tell my daughter, which is sweet. Qualcomm's a big winner today. They're an interesting semiconductor company. They're a hardware company in semiconductors and a software company in intellectual property. That's very interesting. Um, Companies like Apple have to license the technology that they put into their phone. And Qualcomm has a really, really good business. They should be all things 5G. So when you hear people say, yeah, my car's got 5G, my phone has 5G, it's a 5G thermostat, it's a 5G uh, security camera. This time next year, when you go to buy a car, Okay, let me correct that. Let's say this time in two years or less, every car company is going to be selling you cellular service into your car to update the software into your car, to update the entertainment center into your car, just like Tesla. And companies like Qualcomm will benefit. For the record, I own shares of Qualcomm. A couple years ago, they were involved in a lawsuit with Apple over intellectual property fights, IP technology. It's it's kind of part of the business that you really got to go with. Patents mean a lot. 
And Apple's like, screw you. We're going to call Intel and Intel's going to make modems for us. Modem chips go with the phone, not modems like the old things you used to dial into the internet with. I guess it's still you're dialing into the internet with your phone, right? Um, so Apple got into a big fight and they went to court. And I was like, this one's going to get settled. Because Intel's modem chips suck compared to Qualcomm's modem chips. And it got settled. And that's when I got my shares for half the price of what they are now. With that said, it also pays a big fat dividend for a tech stock. That's kind of nice. Um, dividends aren't all that in a bucket and chicken, but they're pretty close. So let's go back to yesterday. Yesterday. It was clear yesterday that the stock market liked what it heard from the Federal Reserve and Fed Chair Powell. I honestly thought that shorts were buying the stock market, pushing the market higher, pushing the market higher, pushing the market higher, knowing that this big Fed meeting loomed, knowing that in January they said it's coming, in February it's coming, March, April, May, June, oh, we're going to taper, we're going to taper uh, sometime this year, uh, but later, July, August, September, oh, we're, it's coming, it's coming. And then you're like, the year's running out of months. So the run-up of record high, record high, record high, record high got me thinking, this is going to end badly with the Fed meeting. Didn't happen. I was wrong. I made an assumption that the buyers were trying to get us a little bit of a kind of uh, short the market the high. Um, currently, there's still a positive bias. And that could turn in a day, it could turn in a week. Today we get OPEC plus, tomorrow we get the jobs number. If we see a lot of wage inflation, we'll know that the Fed said yesterday, we're not that concerned about uh, inflation. It's still, you know, transitional. Um, but tomorrow if we see more wage inflation, we'll go, I think they're, they've lost their rocker. A lot of people, that's a lot, that's kind of the rumor going around Wall Street right now is that the Fed has created a bubble in stocks and in real estate by keeping interest rates really, really low. And that when they start to unwind, it's going to pop. Now, it won't pop all the way to zero, but it'll pop to a lower level. Maybe a new government will come in. We'll say, oh, we got to stimulate this and we got to stimulate that. There's still a lot of government stimulus going on. What resonated yesterday was the acknowledgement that the Fed didn't have a rate liftoff conversation. They're still thinking about tapering before they move to jacking rates. When they jack rates, it's going to be tougher. The focus was the economy and tapering yesterday, the latter of which was panned um, out. And when they said we're going to taper, we're going to stop buying back our own debt, it should be $15 billion less, $10 billion in treasuries and $5 billion in agency mortgage-backed securities started this month. That's not a massive amount. So even their tapering they're doing in moderation. Purchases will be reduced by another $15 billion in December and similar reductions are anticipated in each month thereafter, taking away the $120 billion punch bowl slowly. The only thought there is that time will tell. Do we trust it or not? And for the short term, we do. For the short term, we do. Um, disappointments by Moderna and Roku yesterday. Moderna, hey, don't you have that COVID vaccine thing going? 
Moderna missed third quarter expectations and cut 2021 product sales guidance. Roku beat third quarter expectations, but issued fourth quarter revenue and EBITDA guidance below expectations, citing supply chain issues. One of the interesting things about the Roku's conference call yesterday is they, Roku's makes hardware for your TV, which allows you to stream things like YouTube TV, Google, um, HBO Max. It's kind of a cable cutters, you know, heaven. It helps facilitate telling the cable companies to go to heck in a handbasket. I'm going to do this on my own with various services. Um, so Roku said, we don't want to lose subscriber count. We don't want to lose new users. So instead of raising the rates on our hardware, we're going to eat it. Instead of raising the prices and inflating the costs, we're going to lose a little bit more on it. We'll eat that. We're going to give our customers a break because we'd rather get new customers than have them go, oh, your thing's a little too expensive. I think I'll just stay with my current solution. Rush of economic news this morning. Initial jobless claims for the week ending October 30th decreased by 14,269,000. Any number under 350,000 is a good number in the old economy. I'm going to have to update that in the months and years to come because we now have a labor force that is calling the shots a little bit more so than they were in the past. Productivity decreased by 5% after increasing 2.4% in the second quarter. Unit labor costs surged 8.3%. After increasing 1.1% in the second quarter. That's the lowest level of productivity. Productivity fights inflation. That's the lowest level of productivity since the second quarter of 1981. And reflects the labor cost pressures that are building amongst uh, within the realm of weak productivity. That is probably the most alarming thing I could tell you today. And it doesn't sound that dangerous, does it? Oh, productivity fell 5%. But on the other side, inflation increased, and that ain't good. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Stick with me. There's more lessons, ideas, and investment thoughts, angles, whatever you need on The Rob Black Show. Find me on robblackshow.com. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm not allowed to really complain too much in life because life has been pretty good to me. I worked hard in my 20s. So I'd say I had an underwhelming 20s compared to you. But um, I will say the one thing that still is just, isn't this freaking annoying? Freaking, 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 freaking annoying. Emails that are spam, like, you would be a great mentor. Your podcast is awesome. Um, join us at mentor.app. And so you hit delete. And the next day you get the same damn email. Okay. If you elect Rob Black as president of the United States, spam emailers, it's a death sentence. It stops overnight. I go all China communism on you. Like, it ain't going to be funny. Zillow has given up on the house flipping business. It's a big story. Yesterday, the stock slid 28%, the biggest intraday drop since March 2020. That's extended the stock's three-day skid to 39%. I like Zillow very, very much so as a technology play on the future of buying real estate. Millennials, I think they do more shopping with apps than ever before. Mobile e-commerce, you get the idea. They've grown up with it in their hands. When I got into the industry 20, 25 years ago, when I 
20, 25 years ago, I started buying my first homes, right? And I kind of learned through experience what sort of realtor I like. In my early 20s when I was single, I was like, man, she's flirting with me. I'm going to buy a house and she's going to think I'm all guided about a chick. Like, I was more influenced by women. I was more influenced by sexuality. I was more influenced by, like, I want to work with a young person who looks like me. But as I've gotten older, my favorite realtor is not part of a team, nor are they good looking, nor do they have big smiles, nor do they drive around in Segway scooters, nor do they drive around in like BMW electric vehicles that are the latest new trend. I don't want to be impressed by because that means I'm paying you too much. I like the realtors who've been in the business 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I like the realtors who are like, oh, I know this city well. Um, I grew up on the street. I grew up on that street. I, and they're, when they're taking you around and you're, you're looking at houses, I like the ones who get to know you. So Zillow is kind of interesting because that's generational. I don't get it. If I were to give my kids advice, I would have given them the advice I just said. I like, you know, don't look for like the sexiest person. Don't look for like the best looking cars. Don't be impressed with that. Don't, don't go for a team, a team. Um, go for someone who, who gets to know you and what your family needs. But now it's like Zillow, like just it's it's just the thing with millennials. Fundamentally, we've been unable to predict future price in a home to so a level of accuracy that makes this a safe business to be in. So says Zillow CEO Rich Barton. If the CEO of a major S and P 500 company is telling you they can't predict future price in a home to so a level of accuracy that makes it safe, don't ever think that your decision to buy a home and sell a home and you're going to flip a home is going to be safe. That's what I feel from that. They're selling a significant portions of homes in cities that were considered hot real estate home uh, markets like Dallas, Houston, and Phoenix. They took a $380 million loss in the third quarter. They could afford to do that. They're a multi-billion dollar company. You cannot afford to make a major mistake if it's $100,000 buying a house thinking you're going to be able to flip it in three months. It may not work out that way for you. And it could be something crazy. Like the Saudis saying, oh, we're not going to produce any more oil. And what you got is what you got. A little saber rattling, so to speak, out of Saudi Arabia, starting kind of like a World War III kind of inflation scenario. That can crush your local market real estate investment idea that was too good to be true. I like knowing the worst case scenarios. Earnings on deck today from Alibaba Square and Airbnb. What's interesting about Alibaba is Jack Ma has recently seen traveling in Europe and people got excited and said, now's the time to buy Alibaba because he's alive. That the communist government out of China didn't kill him or put him in prison for being a millionaire. Interesting the way the world works, right? The recent Squid Game crypto scam has people talking about how to avoid the next one. Um... I'm going to, again, be very, very honest. If you're buying – okay, crypto is in the early stages of what the dot-com era was. I would say crypto is in more of like the fourth inning versus the eighth or ninth inning, which some people think it's in. There's going to be a lot more excitement. There's going to be a lot more NFTs. There's going to be a lot more currencies. Dogecoin came and didn't leave, but it showed us the, the idea of Stratist. Cryptocurrency. 
companies like Coinbase might be your play on crypto as they'll take any coin. They've kind of democratized it. So they'll take the Squid Game coin, the Squid Token, as it was called, that rocks up 35,000% only to fall massively to zero as a scam. The signs were there. If you visit the Squid Token website, it had poor grammar. And it's like receiving a, a letter from your rich uncle in Russia. I'm your rich, long-lost uncle in Russia. And the grammar is just horrible. It's like, ah, oh, they're just trying to get me to click and they're going to steal all my money. No feed trading is coming for some Coinbase users. The crypto trading platform is testing a subscription service for a small number of its users who would be eligible for up to 1 million reimbursement if hacked. It's pretty interesting. Uh, you know the number one crypto investor these days? It's a millennial. They know crypto like I know dot-com stocks. Worthy of note. I don't think they're wrong. I think it's their generation dot-com. JP Morgan renewed its prediction that Bitcoin could hit 146,000. The bank, which first made the forecast in January, said cryptos are on a multi-year structural uptrend. Wow. Keep in mind, JP Morgan's boss thinks that it's a flake. It's a fluke. It's a fad. Uh, but they're willing to help facilitate trades because that's how they do business. They get buyers to find sellers and sellers to find buyers. That's in their business of brokering. Value investor John Flynn has beaten all but two large cap funds over the past year. He views value stocks as downtrodden. He's an interesting value fund investor. If there's two types of investors, value versus growth. Now keep in mind, value investors could look at large cap companies or mid cap companies or small cap companies. Growth, growth investors could look at large cap companies, mid cap companies, small cap companies. You can go for growth at income, which would be like a, a, a meet in the middle. So there's an investment style grid. And part of that grid is it's a tic-tac-toe board. On the left is value, on the right is growth. In the middle is growth and income. And then on the top is large, on the middle is mid, on the bottom is small. I'm not sure you can follow that, but I hope so. It's a style box. And it's one of those times where I kind of like to go with all three or all nine. So however you want to look at it, if you go growth and income, you're getting all nine by three choices, growth and income, large cap, growth and income, small cap, growth and income, mid cap. Value's not bad right now. If I were a portfolio manager at this point in time, I'm going more value than I am growth, only because of the run-up in growth. It's easy to make a case for a good stock that's worth more than the public thinks. It's tougher. It's even more honest to admit that a company is cheap because it's having a real trouble. It's tough to like that. Now, John Flynn um, is the value investor that I'm talking about. And he has that kind of concept of let's look for companies that are actually struggling and are oversold, trying to find some value so that he can get double-digit earnings yields maybe in the future, which would drive the stock higher. So company hits bad times. They have wrong product. They have high costs. They have short labor. 
He's looking for companies like that that can turn around. A great example would be General Electric. It got to the point that it was hated too much. It cut its dev, uh, dividend. It had financial liabilities. It had fear tied around them. They slashed jobs. They sold off businesses. They lost their longtime CEO. They went through an ill-fated combination with Baker Hughes, amongst other problems. And he made a ton of money. Wells Fargo is a company that he's looking at right now. It's endured a long run of bad headlines connected to a fake account scandal. Wells Fargo got into trouble because they would go, how do you say this without getting too weird? You'd go into a bank, you'd see your teller, hi, teller. And you'd say, hey, I own a pizzeria around the corner, and here's my deposit into my bank account. Or I have a mortgage with you, I'd like to pay my mortgage. And they'd go, oh, do you want a credit card? And you'd be like, nah, I don't want a credit card. And next thing you know, you get a credit card in the mail, and you're like, I guess I got a credit card. They were opening fake accounts. Now, what's interesting, when you look at value, banks are heavily represented in value stock screens right now. Financial institutions have been screwed. They've been hurt. They've been knocked down because of the interest rates that the Fed have driven lower. They don't. Have, they make money on the spread of interest rates. And when the spread of interest rates flattens, banks don't make a lot of money. When the spread of interest rates widens, banks make a lot of money. It's interesting to note that they're saying now, now is the time. It's not like wait till you see the white of their eyes. But financials are all in a pretty good position now that the Fed's taking away stimulus. I don't know. Are you willing to go for a financial fund? Are you willing to go for an individual name? Are you willing to go for add some value? You shouldn't always be growth only. That's like being protein only. You got to get some fiber in your diet, you know? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Free taco alert. Free taco alert. We're all different people, right? Do you like soft tacos? Do you like hard tacos? I like crispy, which implies a little bit of grease, a little bit of fry. Um, the Atlanta Braves stole a base during the World Series. The World Series over. Yeah, is all I'll say. Taco Bell's handing out free nacho cheese Doritos Locos tacos today. Steal a base, steal a taco. They've got some similar thing that goes on in, during the Super Bowl. They're a smart company because they know they can use their advertising as kind of a game or a contest. It's the price is right. Come on down. It's kind of exciting. I used to go to hockey games that back on the East Coast, the, one of the arenas had a deal that if he scored six goals, he got free pizza from Domino's Pizza. That's a pretty good one, right? One free taco is cute, but a free pizza is heaven. And the crowd would start chanting when the home team scored five goals. One, two, three, four, five. We want six. And we kind of knew it was Domino's. And it was just hella good branding. It was just fantastic. It was spot on. To the point that 20 years later, I could still talk about it and say the word Domino's. That's how good it is. <clears throat> Taco Bell creates ad campaigns that get us talking. And 
that's really advertising at its best. So an Atlanta Braves stole second base in the first inning of game one. And he became what's referred to as a taco hero. The Braves won the game and the Braves won the series. Their first World Series win since 1995. Taco Bell and Major League Baseball are sitting in the stolen base to Cooperstown, where it will be on display at the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. I don't understand this at this point in time. We're still talking a dirt cheap taco just to get you in the store to buy a soda. The soda will make up for the cost of the taco. And then you'll be like, hey, this doesn't really taste like meat, but I'll come back again. Me and my producer were talking kind of meat snobs on, we're just, that's the problem with um, the artificial meat is like, it's too salty. There's things that are wrong with it. Like we, grown men, we talk about meat and quality meat and what's good meat, what's bad meat. And for Taco Bell, what it, what goes in those tacos are not meat. It's it's part meat, but it's not real meat. It's it's got some cardboard. It's got some other issues, fillers as they refer to it. But the free taco has an approximate retail value of a buck eighty nine. The giveaway is scheduled all day November fourth at participating restaurants nationwide while supplies last. Um, you can get the freebie through the Taco Bell website app in restaurant or kiosk. And what's sad about me is like my younger self. In my 20s, I bet, I bet a lot of homeless people go get a taco today. I wasn't culturally, culturally sensitive. I wasn't uh, – I had no filter. I, I, I go, I guess there won't be homeless people who don't eat. Like Everyone should go to Taco Bell, right, because there's a Taco Bell on every corner. So what I'm really saying collectively is that they're, they're kind of a presence. Now, my older self will go, I don't know if it's worth it for buck eighty nine. <laughs> Gas is at four fifty a gallon. I don't know if I'm going to be driving to Taco Bell for a taco. But again, that's advertising, and that's what I love is understanding product better and better and better. Now we're this year is the year where I'm trying to study labor a little bit more than product because I don't get it. The whole labor shift that happened in 2020 of work at home is it's it's sticking. Now, some companies will claw you back. Some companies will put vaccine mandates on. Some companies do want you in the real world. But there's going to be competition for you. So here's what Google's doing. They're adding caterpillars, birds, and bees to its basic office structure in New York City on the roof and on the ledges. They're trying to draw millennials as a recruitment and retention of talents getting tougher and tougher and saying, look, we have a park up here. It's interesting, a company called Zappos, they had a happiness mission as their as their business statement. They got acquired by uh, Amazon, and it's certainly not the same company as it used to be. But they used to have what's called a green room, and all the employees can go in the green room, and it was basically set up as nature, and you can meditate and chill. And I go, that's, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> That's not business. That's that's stupidity. Like you're supposed to be at work grinding it out. Why are you having a happy room? They wanted their employees happy. On the other hand, Google's got sushi. Apple at one point in time bought the best sushi restaurant in Palo Alto, bought it, and made it an employee cafeteria, made the employees their employees, gave them Apple stock as a retention tool for young people who really like fancy sushi. I totally get it. I think there's nothing. 
if I could have another life, I'd be a sushi chef. I met a guy, and this is really interesting, at a luxury resort. He was a sushi chef, and it was the first time I'd ever seen a Caucasian sushi chef. Not Asian, totally like the Midwest cowboy kind of guy. And he just had this passion, this dream to be a sushi chef. And he got that thick accent and all, and he's making you sushi. And it's like, whoa, it doesn't match the voice kind of thing. Or the expectations. But Google's doing some interesting recruitment now. Um, they got resident praying mantises on staff. Workspaces are getting more green to pe give people a more of a, a feeling of houseplants. From 165-pound harvests, honey harvest, to in-house ecologists, they're adding staff that you don't really think about Google as, right? Um, you bring your wife or you bring your kids or you bring your in-laws to your office and you give them a tour and show them how cool the place looks. It's not just glass and steel. It's It's got trees in it. Office perks have changed, and I'm going to be honest with you. It's an interesting angle that I'm studying labor. I get product really, really well. I get advertising and marketing really, really well. Labor is I'm still stuck in sometimes, aren't you supposed to work 9 to 5 in an office? Isn't it supposed to be a glass and steel building? Is it supposed to be a cubicle? I need to change that definition. Get into the 21st century, Mr. Black. You can always find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm the aforementioned Rob Black. If you need a referral to a financial planner, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.